I've been known to I've code. Been known to, I've been known to throw down some code. Hello, fellow teenagers. I'm something of a developer myself. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day and maybe help you do the same. This is episode number 27, recorded June 10th, 2021. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And today I have a question for you, Frank. I'm right. wondering uh, if, if you're looking at a, a, a project, you have some project, somebody comes, you have, a, you have, a, you have staff. You have, uh, you have five, you have five people, let's say. I actually have more than that because I'm so awesome, but go yeah. on. Because you're more awesomer than, okay, that's, mm -hmm. that's great. We'll mm -hmm. just start, we'll just start off like that. Let's, let's just, set the just, tone let's for the go, episode. Let's just go from there. Fantastic. <laughs> it's be one of those right, days. That's, that's a lunch. I'm coming in hot today, so I'm, you know, that's fine. Uh, so this, this happens a lot and I'm just curious how you... Uh, how you navigate this situation. Um, we, all, we all understand there's the, the triple constraint, also known as the iron triangle. You can have something mm. good, cheap, or right. Uh, I, I'm sorry, good, fast, or, or right, which means you choose between, you know, you, you get to pick two. I believe so it's you can good, deliver, fast, and cheap, I think are the three good, you're thinking of. Good, good fast, and cheap, yeah. Good, fast, so and you cheap, can, pick so two. You can, you can do, yeah, so you either have to do it cheaply you have or you have to do it expensively slowly or wrong basically <laughs> those are your, to say it another way those are the three choices right it's it's the one of those three but what I, I, often I like happens the, in I like the, the other world, way i like the other way of positioning where you can have it it's good and fast you'll get good work and it'll be it'll be done quickly but, but it it's going to cost cheap. you you can get right. it you can get it fast no i'm flipping and we you talked can get the other, cheap but it's not going to be good we talked about like the the strength finder and and you can yeah. say things backwards or you can just say it no i'm saying it's going to be expensive <laughs> wrong or you're not going to get it for 6 but years but you're not right? playing to the but you're not talking in the strengths you're, you're not talking affirmatively you're talking negatively yeah you know? i'm not going to make the boardroom happy with this uh, <laughs> with this take on it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to. All right. Uh, so Iron so Triangle, anyway, well familiar. Yes. Or the go, triple go constraint. On. Right. Yeah. But often in the real world, what happens is you, you have an established team. There are only so many hours in the day. You only have so many folks on your team. And I'm not, by the way, I don't know if we ever said this on the show, but one of my favorite all-time analogies, and it's like, you really have to know your audience, whether or not you can get away with it in a, in a professional setting. Okay. Uh, but I, I forget who it was that, that was commenting on... Um, adding team members not always reducing your time to market on a on a project and the and the quip is that nine women can't make one baby in one month right 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 um, one of my all-time favorite quotes about it's, software it's so that's oh my it's, gosh it's so true um, i have, you do have I to have read the room before you got to read the room before you drop that one in the yeah, workplace but it's i great. have a theory and and i i have i have had the the I have had the, the the inklings of a book or some kind of report or you know something around this notion that any project that a team can build, the max team size you need for uh for for doing that work is something it's less than 10. I haven't come up with the number yet, but you know, if you you and any reasonable project size, there, there, there's, there's, you only need so many people. And if you are going beyond that size, 
then your definitions of the scope of the project are actually outsized. You actually don't well, this have, is, so this you is, don't have one project, you have two or three or more. And this is kind of what I'm getting at here. And I, I, want, I want to understand more about your approach, but to okay. set the stage, you've only got so many people. And let's say there is some external, externally controlled uh, environment where there exists a deadline, right? And there's a thing that needs to be delivered and it's got to be of a certain scope. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we always say you can, you know, good, fast and cheap, but you, you, you often are in a position where here's the thing we need, here's the time we have, and you have the people that you have, you know, and then you get asked the question, you know, how do, how do we, you know, can, can we make this work? And so, so it's not always easy to go and get people. You can't buy yourself more time and there is a certain minimally viable product. And if you're not able, if, if in, a, in, a, in like an ideal world, if you don't have the people and time to get that job done, like mm-hmm. what is your response on this? So if you, because this came up recently uh, in a conversation I had and it's like, look, we need this thing done by this date and I've only got X resources uh you know generally speaking i've got this many people i've got this many dollars i've got this many computers whatever the you know whatever the coin of the realm is for the conversation Mm -hmm. i've got fixed i've got you know fixed capacity and you're telling me there's a minimum scope and a deadline but Mm -hmm. i don't see that this team can get that job done in that amount of time like what's your next uh okay so the team the team cannot get the work done in the amount of time that's necessary so we have a deadline so there's a definitive there's an external like let's say you have a seasonal business right and we okay. got to get it done by september 30th let's okay. say and you you have a team of five and that's your team and based on the scope of what we we need to bring this to market this business cycle mm-hmm. to meet whatever goal or whatever it else it is and mm-hmm. you know the 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 you you must be this tall to ride you know mm-hmm. um uh, we have uh, a theme park in, in central Pennsylvania called Hershey Park, and it is the same Hershey from the Chocolate Factory for those that, you know, aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. And uh, like all of the other theme parks, they're little, you know, you're like a chocolate bar, you're a Twizzler or you're a Skittle, you know, is the little for the kids, the this tall to ride the, mm-hmm. you know, they, they label everything as a candy, right? So you've got, you've got a certain MVP that you need to meet. And in your assessment, your team can't do that thing by September 30th. Mm-hmm. What's your play? What's on your mind? Got it. Okay. So, hmm. So I've got a deadline and I've got a team and I've got work to do and the work outsizes the team. Um, you got, you got, you got a five pound bag and, and they're giving you an order for eight pounds of stuff. <laughs> eight pounds know? of stuff. Okay. We're going to go with stuff. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> the, they're, I, I'll pl- okay, so I'll play the hypothetical out then, and you can tell me, you know, because I think there's more constraints that we need to define. First of all, do I need all the excess pounds of stuff that is beyond my five pound bag? Are there things that we can actually put aside or shuffle off to the side until later? You know, look at the work. Can we break the work down? Is there a, is there an is there a way to um, shrink the amount of work that actually needs to be done? Um, right. And you've done that and you took it from 12 pounds down to eight, but okay, your so bag still, is still only five pounds big. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm so still, you've actually, you've actually hit your MVP at this point. You've identified that minimal scope 
that is actually required for go to market. Okay. All right. So we've already identified the MVP and we have the deadline. Um, we are short then it it sounds like we are short on staff then because you know there's more work to do than than the team is than allotted in the team um or and it, it doesn't have to be that's where my mind is at like staff uh you know manpower yeah um or what is the what's the what's the correct should I say like people power or is I, there a, like a better I, I think human I th- power? I, I still say um, you've only got so many hours I'll in the let day. People get mad at me. It's I mean the you've, term is you've still only bold. got so many hours in the day. But let's say maybe it's uh, it could be any other you know like I said whatever the coin of the realm is whatever the, whatever you're trading in in terms of capacity to get the project done and maybe it's a certain budget you know you know you're going to have to go out and get some staff augmentation to get it done. You only got so many dollars and, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. But the business is saying this is what we need done by this date. And you know that you don't have what you need to get that done. Okay, so you're actually okay. So you're setting hard constraints on I can't make the the amount of work smaller and I can't make my staff size bigger. That's the that's the scenario here. I'm I'm contriving a scenario just to try to get it like the root of how how we think about solving that problem, how we actually plan work. Uh, okay, so if I if I know that I can't make the I can't make the team bigger, I can't make the problem smaller. I'm going to make sure that everyone around me knows that those two constraints are in place. That's the first thing I'm going to do is document the hell out of. Hey, this is this is the this is what we got to do. This is the, these are the restraints you're giving me. I am telling you this is a problem, and I am letting you know that this is a problem, and that you are. You know, this is going to come back to 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 bite us. And, you know, just so we're all on the same page and I will I will have a conversation with powers that be. I will follow that up with emails and I will make sure that those emails are um, I'll actually in some cases I will copy those emails, send a copy of that to myself on a personal address so that I've got it, you know, outside of the uh, outside of the the system confines just so that I know I can always get to it. Um, so one of your one of your one of your quick knee jerks is just a just a CYA. Oh, it's it's not just CYA. It's yeah. I mean, yes, if I'm thinking about it negatively and cynically, it's CYA. But that's not actually what's going on here. What you're what you're doing is you're ringing. No, I, the, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to like. No, it's fine. Uh, impart, it's fine. Like a it's, negative tone. I'm no, just no, kind of. It's true. Yeah, but it, it, it's true. And it is that is part of it. But that's not the that's not the only thing you're doing. The other what you're really doing is you're ringing the bell. Like you are letting yeah. everyone know, hey, this is a this is a this is a problem. And you are bringing the rest of the organization. Into, you know, your problem, you know, so when you. It, it, so that it's no longer just your issue to bear if if something happens later later on you know there's an understanding that okay you know everyone was aware that this was going to happen you know that's i see that as one of the one of the most important things you can do as an as an engineer or as a as a consultant is just simply talking about the issues that are that are going to come up you know this, uh, one of the analogies i like to use with my team is is um they are almost like a digital attorney with their with their clients where the client invariably you know we're brought in because something is not right and so we come in and we tell them okay here's what's not right and here's what you need to do to fix it and we're willing to help you and we can do these things but if the client agrees to not follow our recommendations or do something else there's nothing we can do about that all we can do is say here here are the risks here are the things that could happen 
and and we're going to do what you ask us to do, but the results are going to be the the results. And, you know, we're you know, yeah. our work. You is can't gonna, you can't push a rope. You can't yeah. push a rope. So so and we you, talked about this back in the forge days. We we kind of even overtly internally discussed like we're 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 kind of taking the attorney type mindset here where we know about all the things adjacent mm-hmm. to software development. We can advise our clients, but they've got to make the decision. And then, of course, if there's opportunity for us to help facilitate a solution, then, you know, that's that's why we're in business. But um, sort of that like, hey, this is the objective analysis. Let's talk about the problem. Right. And so this is so, yes, you're covering your own butt, but it's it's less it's it's more than that. You are trying to get outside. You're letting everyone know, hey, I have this issue. And and because of the constraints, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't do anything. I need help. And that brings in additional can bring in additional resources, additional ideas. It can lead to an adjustment on requirements, adjustment on deadlines and things like that. And and you can you can. And that's, of course, what you hope for. You hope you hope. hope And and that's and that's why you break, you know, the CYA thing was the CYA thing was sending it to your own personal account as a BCC or something. But but the, the 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 main part of what you said there was loop in okay so let's say this is a conversation we need to have with our technology leader our finance leader and our product or or marketing or or sales leader mm-hmm. and we say look this is the risk so either we're going to get it done but it's going to co- it's 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 going to cost more than the business has said it can tolerate because there's no other way to do it mm-hmm. um or it's going to arrive late and i know we have a hard deadline but this is the best one of those things has to give something has i think to is the change. message Yes. Or we all know it will cost more or go longer or not meet the bar for quality or completeness. And so I think what you hope for in that is for one of those three, uh, one of those three vertices of the triangle to give yeah. and somebody to say, you know what, it wouldn't be the end of the world if it was October 15th or November 31st. Right. Or somebody to say, you know what? This is really important. I didn't want to do this, but we can pull some extra money to get this project done or for somebody to say, you know what, maybe this other thing, as long as as long as the rest of it's released by by 930, this piece of it can go by the end of the year and we can manage that. You know, that's, of course, what you hope for. Something has to give. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something does have to give eventually, you know, the the the. The delivery right. failure will give like it, it will break this is very much like structural engineering. You're not getting around. You're not getting around physics. You know, mother, mother <laughs> yeah. nature, mother nature always bats last. It's you're, you're right. not yeah. going to get away from it. And so you are you are trying to seek help to, to resolve the problem, which makes you look like a you know, it shows initiative. It actually means yeah. that you are actually out in front of the problem, trying to address it and trying to support it. Any healthy organization is going to look at that effort and go, this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when well, at some point, at some point, everybody's got to be honest. Yeah, so whoever the ultimate owner is and we should has to look at the objective reality that like this is non this is a non viable plan. And and to state something that should be obvious, but in a lot of cases is not st- you should start with the honesty. It should always you know, that should always be yeah. the, the starting and default position for all of this stuff. So so you're looking for help. You're ringing the alarm bell. Um and you are you, you're you're getting you're getting that that input and uh, and and support from from the uh, from the rest of the organization, and so that's the that that's really all you can do. And then once that's done, yeah. all inside those constraints, you're just you know letting people know that it's that it's happening. You keep them up to date. Um, but the, the there is one other benefit by letting them know in advance. 
you're taking the sting if it actually happens. Because what yeah. gets a lot of people in trouble is that they see issues and then they Surprises. sit on them and then yeah. they, they go, they go, oh, crap. Well, this is bad, but I can't tell my boss because my boss will be mad at me if I if Dude, I this is this is like my whole thing. This has been my this has been my banner for like the last I would say like two years ago. I came into this mentality. No bad surprises. Mm -hmm. I can have good surprises. That's fine. But if I even have a hint that something isn't going to go well, boom, those bring emails go out. Bring I, it out. I bring right it up away. in the meetings. Yep. I let people know. And I said, look, hey, I've identified a risk. I don't know what it's going to mean yet. Or, or I know at the moment that it's low, but it, it mm -hmm. is a risk. And I want you to be aware of that. I, every time in, in my career that I've had to deliver a bad surprise, A, it made it made the whole conversation a whole lot more difficult for a mm -hmm. number of different reasons. And B, if I look back, I'm like, man, you know what? I missed there because I could have raised the issue prior. And and what you're doing there, let's say it's something that's above your pay grade to really solve. What you do by raising the risk early is you invite a solution from outside of your scope of authority before it became a problem. Mm -hmm. So somebody come in and could say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I thought that might be an issue. Let's just do this instead. or I can make sure that we have somebody who can help manage that risk or uh, or thanks for letting me know. Uh, I know it's a risk that's not going to kill us. So do the best you can. You know, you, you just start. It's just this right. This like habit of being in a conversation with people that I think like, oh, you know, the boss is not going to like I can't talk to him. Just talk to your freaking such boss, a man. Common, like, just, it's, just, yes, it's, it's such a, huge a common, common, mistake, common mistake. You just you actually want to be that we have this initial I, th I think it's human. It's human instinct to not want to talk about bad uh -huh. news, to not want to give bad news. Yeah. And um, we do it professionally. We do it personally, you know, with with stuff that, you know, our friend, you know, our friends and family are doing bad things or we see something and we don't want to say anything because we don't want to make them feel bad. Yeah. And so we just kind of we just sit on it and it's not it never it never works out. It doesn't it doesn't help. And in a, in a work situation, what ends up happening is that, you know, the blowback lands on you because you knew and you did nothing. And so yeah. there is actually what is what did you know and when did you know it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it's it's true. And so yeah. you are doing yourself a disservice. You need to fight that instinct and you need to get out in front of it. And by doing so, you are now. Uh, you are calling together additional resources to try and help solve the problem. Maybe one of those hard and fast restrictions that you're facing isn't so hard and fast. It's just what you've been told. And when somebody hears, when somebody gets pushback on their restrictions, so if you're, you know, finance, you know, put a hard and fast, you know, limit on, on your budgeting. But when they hear and understand that, oh, this is not going to happen unless we actually have the funding. Well, okay, then we yeah. need to find the funding, you know, and, and, and well, it, so it, those walls are not always as super rock solid as we as mentally make them out, as they're yeah. presented or as we mentally make them out to be. Most people are just trying to do their jobs and do a good job of it. The finance guy is just trying to make sure or gal is just trying to make sure that we're not spending money unnecessarily, that we're spending our money wisely and that it's, you know, it's being spent responsibly. And if there's a reason to spend it, then we'll spend it as long as there's a, a good reason to do so. But, and sometimes and sometimes that that cost part of the triangle really is fixed. And it, it sometimes, often is. Sometimes. And yeah. so then it's like, OK, great. Well, then the business either has to accept something that's partial or late right? Exactly. Or, or some combination of the two. Yeah. And I, I say like and that that's always my approach. Like 
you know, give me rank these from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you the first two and we'll do as much as we possibly can on the third. But knowing that we're not going to be where we want to be and just calling that out. Right. Um, but I think in this one, the only, the only thing I was thinking through this problem um, and the only thing I really came up with like tactical advice um, and it's a little bit of a cheat, um, but, but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. The only thing I can really think is like I will almost never, almost never commit to anything in the in the moment my <laughs> response never should, is yeah, almost never always like you should never commit you know in the what moment. that i mean this this sounds okay to me but i really don't know the details i gotta connect with my team and make sure that this is viable or or i can't promise anything let me get back to you tomorrow let me talk mm -hmm. to my team let me figure out what's feasible what we can do how it's going to look you know almost never unless i can literally see in my own mind the full path end to end of like yes I know that I could physically go and do this work in that time with these constraints. Mm -hmm. Then I may say, yeah, we'll try to get that done for you. Um, but even then, even then, I'm inclined to say, I think we can get it done. Let me validate that. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's about as far as I go. And then there's never anybody that's able to say, well, Chris said it could be done. And now he's saying that it can't be done. No, it's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. what you, you're asking for the sun, the moon and the stars. Maybe you got a time travel. Maybe one of my guys is a time travel device. I can give it to you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, you don't know. And you should never, I totally agree. You don't commit to anything in the moment unless you already have in your mind all the details and you feel super yeah. confident in your ability to commit. Otherwise, you're you're actually doing yourself and the other party a disservice by you know no. coming up with a decision in half. Well, and like I know, said, in my, in my mind, unless I know that I could personally do that thing that way, I won't. I won't. And even then, I often don't commit in the moment. But even mm -hmm. even there, then it's like okay, I'm going to take a risk here because if I'm going to commit that this will be done that way, and I know that I could do it, and then I go back to my team. Yeah, there's some reason that they can't deliver. Great. Now I'm on the hook for facilitating this one myself. And mm -hmm. there's the opportunity cost of all the other stuff I'm already committed to. Now I'm running hot and I'm grumpy. And, you know, um, so there's like, I don't know, I guess there's I always feel like there's some skin in the game for me. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really the weight that keeps me from committing to things in the moment, even though I think like, yeah, that's probably fine. No, no issues. Yeah, but you want to make um, sure. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. need to be you need to be responsible <laughs> to be about this stuff. You want to be certain, yeah. and so yeah, I think that's absolutely what I would do. And so, invariably, sometimes you'll get to the end of these projects, and it, and it won't it won't have worked out. And sometimes you'll get questions. Well, why didn't this happen? Well, I as I reported three months ago, you know, this is what's. The, but normally, but again, by having by by ringing the bell early and often. They're not going to have those questions and they're not going to have like those. The most, you just you just glossed over like the most savage thing anybody in in a in a corporate setting can do. What's that? As per my previous email. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is just blatantly savage. It, it, it is. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> it, you know, it has to be you, 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 you got to do it. I total total sidebar. We had um, I was a. Uh, I was doing uh, IT support for a. Oh, okay, I, I got to anonymize this. Uh, I was doing IT support for a company, and and the, they were doing. Um, we had a system to do email uh, password changes, password reminders, and people would change mm -hmm. their password, but then it wouldn't work. And then they would write into tech support all all grumpy because their their password change didn't work. Well, 
our system had logs of password change requests. Mm-hmm. And so invariably, as a rule, every time somebody wrote complaining about how their password reset didn't work, they had requested multiple password resets in often a very short time frame, mm-hmm. seconds sometimes, yeah. if not minutes. Hey, I, I'm so sorry that you had trouble. I can see from our logs, you actually requested 45 passwords and request, password resets in the last hour. If you do that, the old one does not, it gets declined and you have to pick the new right. one. They all, I mean, this is not new information. Everyone knows this. But I never got responses to those. Mm. I never, ever got responses. The problem just sort of poof, just vanished because I would say, OK, yeah, all these are expired. This is the one you need. And then they would. Oh, my gosh. So tangent for a minute, because you're talking about <laughs> password changes here. OK, there's something I mean, I'm in uh, I'm in the healthcare space. And so we're under like uh, HIPAA and high trust and, mm-hmm. and some of these regulations and certifications and audits. Um, and we also have some other regulatory frameworks we operate in. But um, the healthcare space, uh, high trust certification. I don't know if you know anything about HIPAA's the um, I'm aware uh, I'm well yeah, aware. Health Information Portability Act. And, and so it, it describes certain make certain prescriptions about you know, how you got to handle, uh, you know, health data. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of security stuff that comes along with it. And then high trust is like this third party independent certification body. That's like HIPAA plus plus. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that high trust lays on, um, in order to get that certification. And it's kind of the gold standard, right? HIPAA is like your minimum regulatory requirement. And then mm-hmm. high trust is sort of the gold, you know, if you really want to be respected with what you with your program you you and they're pushing it that way too i mean they're they're pushing in that direction where that's going to become more standardized over time yeah um one of the things that i like i i just it it grinds me up um high trust requires uh uh password rotation right so this idea that you have to uh, update your password every 30, 60, 90. I forget what the exact specification is, but you've you've got to roll passwords. You've got to update passwords. The reason for that is that back in the day, people were writing their password on a sticky note because they had to change it so often they never remembered it. They write it on a sticky note and then somebody comes, they find the sticky note. Now their password is out in the wild, but they don't know it. So you force people to change their password to kind of prevent old stale passwords from being used to attack the organization. And it's like, okay, on the surface level, there's logic there and it actually is a net harm to do this. Um, And I, I quote it so often that I actually have it like top of it's in my working memory now. Uh, NIST special publication 800-63B section 5.1.1.2 specifically explicitly states that verifiers of memorized secrets should not require passwords to be uh, uh, secrets to be changed on an arbitrary schedule. And I've brought this up in meetings before, and I'm like, this is the newest guidance we have, and it's evidence-based, and it's well thought, and it is the standard. But unfortunately, because we're in healthcare, we don't fall under, we don't have to comply with NIST. We have to comply with high trust. Uh, But since that lags, we're actually mandating and systems that may not have had this have to go up to a level of compliance with high trust that is actually countermanded by the more recent and more widely respected NIST guidelines. And it just it it hurts my soul. Frank. It hurts my soul to like willingly degrade the security of something against oh, yeah. current best practice because the certification 
that we're held to as a standard is behind the times. Now, realistically speaking, high trust is updated often. Um, they do take inputs from NIST and like, okay, we're talking about an advancement in security requirements over like maybe a couple year period. And which is materially better than anything that we were recommending 10 years ago. So like we're still, right. we're doing, you know, we're on the, you know, we're taking care of things and we have compensating controls and all this kind of stuff. But um, it just, it really, as a, as a, you know, three of the teams that I, that I oversee are just pure SaaS application development and um, like willingly, knowingly doing something against the most recent NIST recommendation yeah, see, uh, it, hurt, well, like, it hurts in my heart. It hurts. It hurts my soul. Frank. Well, here's the here's the thing. I'm actually going to call shenanigans on your org here unless they are actually unless they have a formal official high trust certification, because a lot of organizations no, do. you do you have a high, no, trust, high trust. There's there's no such thing as like an informal high trust. You have it or you don't. You meet well, the specification. You do not. Well, you meet what, the audits or you don't. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's so there. They have been. You have gone through the audits and you do have the full the high trust you certification. Have the full, okay. Yeah. So what I okay it nullifies my point for your org. However, and we do it, and we do run like a secure environment. Oh, like we're sure. not just doing we're not just doing checkbox security here. We're actually meaningfully making improvements to the plan. Well, but like a, it's like in my brain there's a newer thing that I know exists and it's better than this and yeah. <laughs> I want to do that thing. <laughs> I, yeah, right. And it makes and it makes a lot more sense. And honestly, it'll make your life easier in your system yeah. design, too. But if your organization hypothetically, obviously, it doesn't apply to yours. But if the organization is not high trust certified, but they are, quote, pursuing high trust and we are, you know, we have we have achieved 80, 90 percent of all the high trust requirements and recommendations or you know, we think we're fully compliant. We just haven't gone through the audit and certification process. I hear that a lot, too. You know, mm -hmm. we're pursuing SOC or SOC 2 or, you know, yep. and we're going PCI, after any of these. Yeah, like we are pursuing ramp, these, these things, Fed, but we haven't actually gotten it yet mm -hmm. in that situation. You know, yeah, you want to be high trust compliant, but, you know, we're we're you, you, you've got wiggle room to actually do things um, in a you know, more up to date way. Although typically yeah. it doesn't have that. That seems that's definitely more an, of an exception because usually these standards push you to actually do more stuff, better, more better, <laughs> more stuff. Well, do and it, it better, is and more better. And it is like and it is materially better than organizations just saying, yeah, we do security. Like you have to make that specific yeah. or people are going to, you know, take advantage. And so. Yeah. And if but in it a doesn't apply to like in, high trust in health, in healthcare, in defense and in finance, like you, these certifications are not optional. You can't say we're pursuing this. No, and no. so give us all your PCI data like you, you, you do it or you don't get the business. And so organizations well, have right, to right. comply with the letter. And, you know, that's that whole thing. Um, but no, I would agree. Like it would. And I think it would take some stones and it would take convincing and it would hurt the sales process um, for somebody to stand up and say, yeah. Uh, we we have a high trust compliant environment minus these things that we have gone out of our way to specifically improve upon in these ways. Because like whenever like you're in a sales talk, whenever a client asks, do you X, you can either say yes or no or yes, asterisk. Mm -hmm. And yes, asterisk is often closer to a no than a yes in the client's mind when they have somebody that can just say yes. Even if the asterisk oh, sure. is, well, it would be, but it's actually better. You know, it, it does. It's a it's an impediment, I think, um, 
Yeah. Anyway, that was like a whole tangent. I didn't mean to take us on a whole like certification thing, but no, no, uh, it's the, it, the password thing. It's just triggered. Man, I'm triggered. I get. A, <laughs> I should put a trigger warning on the on the sh- on the show notes here because that uh, special <laughs> publication 800-63B section 5.1.1.2. If you're not familiar, go read it. It's a blast. You just had to say it twice just to prove that you had that. It memorized. is literally it's, in my working it's memory. In, it's impressive. And kind and of I have sad a bookmark, at the same time. And it's I have a bookmark in my browser to go right to it so I can remember, read the exact verbiage. Because <laughs> uh, I don't remember the exact verbiage of this. I know what it says, but I don't know, like, word you, for word. You, <laughs> this and is I a, have, because I've had this battle with people right, this is This is a hill that, you're, that you are looking I to say, die oh, on. We, we actually shouldn't be doing this. Well, but why do you say that? Well, you know, and if you have the answer <laughs> on the spot, funny you, you should oh, ask. It's funny you should say that. And then when I get done my whole spiel, I go, and another thing. You and me, we used to work with a guy who would say he like did it perfectly. And oh, I, I missed the hell out of him. He would nail the timing. Oh, my gosh. And another exas- thing. He was just thrown in at the end of a, of a rant. It was <laughs> delightful. Um, all right. Well, this. So your 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 constraint. So did, did we cover it? Because I feel like we didn't actually talk about the work itself. Okay, because we talked no, about actually, we, we, like, we talked about the 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 org and and the interpersonal relationship stuff around these challenges. We didn't actually talk about tackling it because you know, I mean, you could. So once you've done all of this talking and stuff, you could throw in there, okay, and then you just you know you do the best you can, you crank it out as best you can. Yeah. Um, there is there is always on the table the option of of overtime. And that is a that is a lever that you can pull, but you should do so deliberately and overtly. And then you need to make sure that you make your team whole on the other side with some kind of a spot bonus or something like that. As long as you do that and as long as that's the exception, not the norm, then it's okay. I think. Right. And that doesn't mean I asked you to work 90 hour weeks for. 16 weeks and then right. gave you a long weekend to compensate you. That is not right. what that no, means. You got to do it. You got to do it legitimately. Uh, and yeah. a lot because of we this- always talk about, we always talk about you have as a, as a manager, you have a lot of different tools in your chest to solve problems with. And some are sharper than others. What we mean by that is they really get the job done well when applied correctly, but there's a greater risk that you cut yourself. It's going to bleed yourself. a lot more. And so you, you, you start, you start grinding people on overtime um, and and applying those those stressful situations to your team, duh, there's going to be some blood, you know, yeah, and, and, and you got to be really careful about that one. And it's equivalent to the you know to the standard uh, kitchen utility knife that everyone has in their in their their drawer that is so sharp it actually has its own cover and things like. That. Everyone's got that knife, and overtime is is that knife for for most organizations. They they all have it, they all use it, and a lot yeah. of them do so. In a in a piss poor fashion. And well, some people are just holding it by the. Some people are just holding the knife, walking around the house, watching TV, making popcorn <laughs> with the knife in their hand, just you know, slicing everything to smithereens. That's right. That's right. They're walking down the street with a nine inch boning open knife, the, and they, uh, they open the mail with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Oh man, this is this is hitting a little too close to home here. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I it hurts me. It hurts me anytime because I like I'm a um I play with sharp tools in my basement and like I have seen people. Uh, okay, Dexter. 
try to like open. So this is the second week in a row. I'm starting to become concerned for myself. Do, do, they <laughs> are. Yeah, I was going to say here. these. These. Are, yeah. You're, I mean, you are demonstrating the pattern. I'm just picking it up. <laughs> I have. I have sent myself to not the hospital, but urgent care for stitches before with uh, with one my three quarter inch paring chisel has sent me to the hospital twice now for stitches. Um, and uh, anyway, the, so the point is like. Um, it, it hurts it like I I see somebody uh, trying to like open a paint can or unscrew a flathead with a chisel of any kind and it like mm. it's chalk it's nails against my the chalkboard of my well, soul that's because you're that's because like that's not once what bitten that's twice, for once bitten twice shy you know how sharp those like things I can, can be I yeah I sharpen my chisel I could shave with the damn thing right yeah. and and you destroy that edge in an instant using it for something it wasn't intended for as well <laughs> this is just this is like this is chris's therapy hour where i just explain all of the things that hurt all the me things to the that core. are a problem with you all, all, all yeah. the problems you have um so you can do so overtime is something that was the other thing i wanted to point out with your with your hypothetical because that is a thing you can do but and a lot of orgs don't do it right they 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 um they don't make an assumption that you'll do it, but they also there is a there is a soft expectation of it sometimes, mm -hmm. and there isn't appreciation for what that actually means for the individual. Um, we it's hmm. because a company is made up of nothing but people. You know, people recognize that you do overtime, but they don't. I, I don't think they give that effort adequate weight. <clears throat> A lot of, setting. A lot so of times. again, back to no bad surprises, setting expectations and managing expectations is like the most important thing uh, you can do in terms of day to day ops. Um, and one of the things we talked about this a while back, like airing a little dirty laundry during the, the interview process. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If there's a role that I have a suspicion will require a little bit of night or weekend work, let's say. Uh, our deployments have to happen out of business hours, right? Well, that means it's nights or weekends for the deployments. Um, or let's say it's a 24 by seven and like once in a while something breaks, we got to, you know, we got to work, uh, work a mm -hmm. long day to fix it or something. Um, I'll make that known when I'm talking to somebody. Um, well, it's a standard, that is a standard <clears throat> job expectation. I mean, right, right. We're in, we're in the SaaS business. Like it's not always going to be a clean nine to five. And, and I try to, but you don't want to scare somebody away by, by saying it. Cause some companies will say, oh, there may be an occasional night or weekend. And then what that means is they're working 60 hours every week plus Saturdays consistently. And then they hear you say there may be a night or a weekend and they, they have the, you know, they, their PTSD kicks in. So I go often on to say, to try to make that concrete. Yeah, I was going to say, say there may be some of that. Yeah, exactly. Get explicit about but, what it actually is, and what you're talking about. Sometimes, sometimes we might need a little bit of overtime. The last time that happened was, and here's how much it was, and here's the circumstance we were in, and I do or don't foresee things like this in the next six to 12 months again. Or, hmm. you know, we, we have some evening deployments that we have to do or early morning deployments. And this is the cadence and this is how long they take. And this is the plan for trying to do less of that disruptive activity in the future. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, be super concrete with that one, because otherwise, like I said, you, you may trigger some PTSD. Um, yeah, get specific uh, with from it. prior experience with a bad employer that wasn't honest about the stuff. Yeah. So it's a thing you could use in this in this crappy situation that you find yourself in. But you should you know make it an exception, not a norm and, and yeah. try and minimize it as, as much as possible. And do. Yeah. And do make, you know make people whole yeah and then make people spot bonuses are an easy way to do that spot bonuses and then um you know 
take Friday off, you know, yeah. just untracked PTO kind of kind of deal that mm-hmm. you know, there, there are easy ways that you can that you can do that without having to incur yeah. um, a lot of HR finance detail mm-hmm. you know the expectation mm-hmm. you know, all that billing and stuff uh, you know all, all of all of the uh the staffing requirements all orbits around 40 hours if you're doing the 40 mm-hmm. hours then you know those those systems and those teams are, are generally pretty happy so you know you should you 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 probably have as a manager you have more levers there than you, to to make yeah. them whole than you than you might than you might think so well this is um as a um this is an interesting segue uh, to <laughs> to something else that uh, I have been I've been thinking about. And we've sort of danced. We've danced around it um, with the. Um, Do you uh, want to dance? Do you want to like leave your friends behind? Oh, my maybe? gosh. That- <laughs> you just need to stop. <laughs> so the last it wasn't I don't know if it was the last episode of the one before it where uh, I, I talked about how you, you know, you present the issue. And you present the alternatives and the options, the recommendations, and then you sort of turn it back to them and you and you let them uh, you let the the client or your boss or whomever make the decision. Oh, right. When of, somebody's asking you for your time. Right. Yeah, and when you've they, already got some things in the yeah, pipeline. Well, that and but but it also applies to this situation here. And so we've danced around this a couple of times and I haven't given it the adequate weight that I think it deserves because this is to me, this is probably the most important skill business side skill that an engineer or anyone who's managing engineers or really anyone period can have. This is the most important tool. And I haven't said that. And, and I think, it, and I, and I wanted to emphasize this, this is really, really important because you, and, and you know, we talked about it today a little bit with the, you know, with the ringing the alarm bell, this is kind of the same thing because you want you presenting, you know, Presenting the problem, presenting the solution, presenting the path from the problem to the solution, and then allowing the client or the boss or another decision maker to then take that information and make the decision is super, super useful little little combo that you can do because it, you know, you you are you're being results oriented. You are you're you're being proactive you're you know you're resolving a problem you're not just raising an issue you're presenting a solution and you are uh giving agency to the other party or parties in the process to actually um have input a- into the decision making and you're doing all of that while you also remove yourself from the middle of the shit sandwich that you might find yourself in so like applying it to the situation your hypothetical today it's exactly like when the steps that I walk through yeah. are exactly the same thing here. You okay? We've got this. You, you are presenting the situation, and it's not you. You are not the situation. We have this this tendency to internalize. You don't internalize this. It's it's the problem. You are not the problem. The situation presents a problem, and, and we talk we about this all the time. One of the rules it. of the road. One of the rules of the road is you are not your ideas. Right. Yes. And you and you you criticize actions, not people. And your code reviews are about the code, not, not code. the author. Like all of that gets to the same core issue that we as humans take things personally because we're morons and mm-hmm. we need to just be aware that that happens and actively practice. You can. This is a skill you can practice being objective, distancing, you know, 
doesn't mean putting everything at arm's length you don't care about anything anymore it just means that when something goes wrong you focused on the solution to the thing that went wrong and not whatever insecurities that you've got floating around up in your noggin space. Right, exactly. So I yeah. I, I generally but my my tongue-in-cheek term for this is task management jujitsu because you are, you know, you you're using the momentum of the issue to actually flip it on its head and get stuff done and you're actually getting yourself out of the way and you're getting yourself out of potential hot water by yeah. by doing so. So when part of it's part of it's being a good partner with the organization. I think I said this last week that you know, you, the technology almost never exists for its own sake, right? It's serving a greater business purpose. Mm -hmm. And so the way I treat technology management, not just in like a support services role, but in application development or platform and reliability engineering, like I treat my job as a service role in, in two specific, with well, three specific ways. Number one, my first and utmost priority is to make my team successful. Right. Because if they win, then everybody wins. Mm -hmm. Second is our group serves the broader business goals. Right. Mm -hmm. They not the other way around. You get these, uh, you know, BOFH types that think that, you know, they are running everything for the. No, no, you're we're all trying to make money here and technology is an input to that. It's not the goal. Um, and then obviously you want to make your boss look good and and and, you know, serve you know their their goals and what what they're handing down um but i think that that service attitude uh is often forgotten especially like in the thick of things when you got you know you got you got turnover and you've got business realities you got seasonality with your products you've got other demands and you've got all this uh, you know if you know i try to absorb um like managerial overhead from mm -hmm. from my managers as much as i can to keep mm -hmm. them focused on the tactical work so that they can stay doing their thing that's like a value that that i'm providing since i'm not hands-on keys but they are okay great i'm already kind of just overhead right i'm already just fat on the organizational uh, <laughs> uh spend so let me absorb as much of that as i can and concentrate it on me to keep you focused and so like you don't have to do that stuff that you don't even want to do in the first sometimes like you know they gotta you got everybody's got to do work they don't want to do but mm -hmm. yeah no, yeah, that's we're my attitude yeah for sure it, it's it's a there there's a it's it, it's two side i feel like those are those are two complementary uh two complementary ideas and you you also talked a little bit you you sort of dipped into i don't know servant leadership there and uh you know, oh yeah leading Big thing from, for me leading leading from behind which is i i think really really important and staying the hell out of the way and um you know one of the boss one of the leader's best positions is actually on the sideline being the coach slash cheerleader you know you just, just stay shut out, the you, hell up which we've talked about a couple of times up, before stay out of the way stay off the field and then you know yeah. call out success that your that your team has and that in turn also allows them to um own their success and failure which individuals yeah. love having agency in their work and when you take that away from them that's an easy way for them i mean this is the, this all just sort of it also sort of daisy chains, but you know the 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 task management jujitsu combo. Um, and actually, as I'm thinking about it, I should probably write up. So I'm going to do a write up on this. Um, it, it's just I have done it repeatedly in a variety of roles in a variety of situations where the recipient audience is above me, below me. It's a client. It's a boss. It. it it works every time it works. The, 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 the other party feels happy. 
I'm, you know, my butt's not in trouble. <laughs> you know, we're working together collaboratively and it's an easy, the thing is, the reason I like it, especially for engineers, is it's a recipe. It's, it's, it's there's, there's no, there's no nuance or soft skill uh, prerequisite. It's just do this. <laughs> just step do it. one, step two. It's a very clear, just yeah. formulaic S- step one. Do it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's <laughs> that's very, it. There's nothing else. You know, we, we run into, you know, we, we have, we have a, a hell of a time. We're always trying to find, uh, you know, the unicorn in, in, in our business is trying to find the engineer who has the strong interpersonal skills and can operate talking with a bunch of engineers or a director or a C-suite executive. I mean, there's, it, it's a, it's very yeah. hard, unique skill set to find. And we, we do find them occasionally, but you know, everyone's on you know, sort of lands on a spectrum of those, of those skills and engineers, we need engineer skills. It tends to lean, yeah. you know, we lean on the engineer side. Well, here's, I mean, this is a thing that and, any engineer can do and come off looking and sounding like a great. consultant. Like it, that's, that's my, this is just. Yeah. And that's the difference. Really I think, I think that's the difference. Like when you have somebody who understands that, like, even if you're just, if, and I say, I don't mean to say just when you're an individual contributor, you're still a manager. And you're a consultant and you're a business owner. Yes. And like the brand, yeah. like my, I am as an individual contributor, because I do, I, you know, uh, I do still lay down some code from time to time when it's required of me. I've been I known. am like, I, I've been known to <laughs> I've code. Been known to, I've been known to <laughs> throw down some code. Hello, I'm fellow some, teenagers. I'm something of a developer myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How many memes can we slam into that one? We're probably um, quite a few. Uh, um, what was what was my point there? I can go um, back to like, the videotape. As, as an individual, as an individual contributor, I have a brand. It's my name. It's Chris Tonkinson. Yeah, right? you're and always in business for yourself. I am if running. Else. Yeah, yeah. I am running biz, I am running Chris Tonkinson Incorporated LLC. Whatever you know, other right. That's and that mentality, and the ability to just think beyond your person and think about you as a brand and as a business is very tied into this idea that you're considering the other parts of the business around you because that's what a consultant does that's what a business owner does and that's the difference i think between somebody who is you know i think you like to call them um heads down versus heads up heads up like versus that's heads the down. core yep. of the difference there yep yep so it's like and, and and that ties in directly if you if you do that if you do what you just described and you you focus on yourself and your brand, then your your five pound bag with the eight pounds of crap <laughs> going into it. If you focus on how your brand gets handled and managed in that situation, you'll be fine. Like that that yeah. situation solves itself. It's just a matter of focus. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right, let's see. This has been another rousing conversation and uh, and or. Uh, I, I, I guess therapy session for uh, for Chris today on the uh, Refactor show. I appreciate I appreciate you while I lay on my half couch here and spill my guts. <laughs> if you have feedback for us, you can uh, you can uh, show show notes and other details about uh, about the show at refactored.work. If you have feedback for us, feedback at refactored.work. Chris has his uh, musings at chris.tonkinson.com and you can find out more about myself, including this write-up that I have now ver- uh, 
publicly committed to uh, at uh, Uh This has been episode 27 on June 10th, 2021. Thanks again, buddy. I'll see you for the next one. Thanks, y'all.